You're listening to Supermanager, the podcast with a diverse panel of experts discussing what goes on in the office. And your host, Samantha Nays with CN Video, your business's video team on call. I remember in my IT career, you start off and you just want to get that job, you get that technical job. And I was a systems programmer at Washington University, and then I was a software engineer at Sigma Aldridge and kind of grew from there. And I remember when it got to that point where the next step seemed to be management. They kind of gradually ease you into it. You're really good at what you do technically, and so they have other people working on your team, and you're kind of showing them the ropes. And the next thing you know, you're leading the project, and then you're managing the people. And it doesn't necessarily feel like a bad thing because you consider it a promotion, and it's presented to you as a promotion. You're being promoted to management. It didn't come along with any training, but... I know several people that have taken that promotion, gotten into management, and I was one of them, where you're really good at what you do, whether it's sales or software engineer or whatever, you're really good at what you do, and they make you a manager, and then all of a sudden you don't like your job anymore. And so this week we're going to be talking about making that choice in your career, whether you want to stay technical and do the work or move down the management path. And I have my very decisive super team with me. We have... Joel Emery with Atomic Revenue at Ignite Strategies. I serve as a sales systems architect for small and mid-sized businesses. Hello, and I'm Kristen Edens of KristenEdens.com, and I'm a copywriter and content specialist for business. And I'm Mary Kutheis with MCK Coaching. I'm an executive coach working with business owners and leaders in larger organizations. And I am Samantha Nays with CN Video. I used to be very technical, and now I do corporate video production. <laughs> How do you make that decision? Good question. I mean, I've always viewed it as the only opportunity to make more money, to increase your income, is to go into some form of management structure within an organization. But is that the case? Uh, No. I think that people that are highly technical, it's been my experience. The technical path really technically paid as much. Okay. And actually, a friend of mine works for a larger organization, and he was just recently given this. They actually presented it to him as two separate paths. Do you want to become a manager? Do you want to continue on the technical path? And it was geared to where a lot of companies have levels, like this job title is a level six, and that job title is a level seven. And then based on what level you are, your pay can be between this range and that range. And the management seemed to go up into higher levels. And what the company did was they had added additional levels like a two, a three, a four on the technical side so that the pay would match. And they started adding bonus incentives for people to stay technical. You've reached the top of your level. You've reached the top of your pay scale. Now you're going to start getting an annual bonus of ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 so that the pay actually matched the management. I know a lot of companies are doing that now. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds good for some companies, but that's not always an option where somebody is at that moment. I think it has to be a consideration of both skill and desire. Mm -hmm. If if someone may not have the skill but still want to be a manager, well, then they need to be on a track to learn because most people can learn that if they want to. Take some concerted coaching and mentoring and things like that, but recognizing, is this something you want to do? And if you want to stay on the technical side, it doesn't mean that you don't have to have any of the same skills that a manager has but you're not leading people. I think you need to ask yourself why. It's kind of like a police officer. There are people that become police officers for the right reasons and people that become officers for the wrong reasons. The right reasons are protect and serve and I want to help solve the crime problems that we're having. 
and the wrong reasons are power. I want to have power over other people. I want to be able to pull people over. I want to, and you get people that join for both of those reasons. And I think it's the same thing with management. When faced with that choice, it's very important to understand why. Yes. Are, are, do you want to go into management because you're a people person and you have good leadership skills and that's what you want to do with your life? Or are you going into it because you're tired of being bossed around? You want to be the one in charge. Right well, reasons and, and, and wrong see, reasons. And I see one other, one other reason too. It's just that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, you've seen it maybe mirrored, yes. you know, in your parents and your grandparents before you and, you know, that's presumably perhaps before that. And so it's just, that's just what you do. Well, to uh, and, add to and, that, I'm sorry. But, but looking beyond that isn't even a, a concept. Well, uh, in, so in the workforce, though, they phrase it that way. I mean, a lot of people present the path as you start off in the mail room and you work your way up to VP. They don't really emphasize a path where you stay good at what you do, where you're technical. There's a movie based on that, and I can't, it was an 80s movie. I can't remember what it, it had uh, Michael J. Fox. He started in the mail room and worked up to some massive thing. But back to what Mary was saying about there's two things involved here. It's the skill and then the desire. So addressing the skill side of that, you need to have it. Sure, you might be with a company long enough to pick up these things and be able to improve upon it and build it. But if you are advanced into this managerial position and you don't have a skill, there's a thing called the Peter Principle. Right. Which creates a problem. Now, the desire might be another thing because we all want to move up that corporate ladder and along with that gets the pay raise. With it's maybe. the prestige. But some people may prestige. not want to move up the corporate ladder. They think may be very happy where they are. That is the second point is think. If you feel that way and you know you feel that way, then good. Good for you. I think a lot of people don't realize that they feel that way, though. It's the prestige. It's the getting a promotion. It feels like if you're you at a standstill, if you don't. If you don't, if you don't want that, then you're a loser with no ambition. Right. And you, that's not you see the case. all your friends from and high school or college yes. or you know, whatever the framework, and they're becoming the senior partner at this law firm or that right. law firm, and you're looking at yourself, oh, I'm a line two programmer. Right. And, I'm and a technician. That, that, <laughs> and, and, and then feeling bad I'm about yourself when you shouldn't necessarily. But also think about if, pressure. I'm sure everybody here has seen the movie King's Speech, the King's Speech. Mm -hmm. Okay, he did not want to be king. He wanted to be a Navy man. And because his brother abdicated and he just did not want it. So there's a clear case of somebody who did not want the job, but it was forced upon him. He had no choice and he had to make the best of it. But most of us are not a king to be or a king queen to be. <laughs> yeah, that's a little unusual. <laughs> but, it, but, but there's a story right there. So he maybe had the skill. He just didn't have the desire. He had to give up what he really wanted was Navy involvement to do that. I think that, that type of story goes back to power, though, because usually the moral of the story is your best leaders are the people that didn't want to be leaders in the first place. But that's not necessarily that they didn't want to be leaders. It's that they didn't want the power. And Couldn't I think be. when people go into management and leadership for the control and for the power, those are the wrong reasons. Those are the people that don't make good leaders. When they go mm -hmm. into it because they have a knack for it or it's what they want to do or it's how they feel comfortable or natural, then... So how frame this in two questions. Both how does an individual assess and determine what they want to do next? But then also, mm -hmm. as a manager, how do you help, or you know, say an HR department, and I'm thinking small business. I think that larger companies, uh, you know, your nationwide healthcare companies, 
lending institutions, financial advisors. A lot of those have a lot of these things better structured, but I'm thinking of smaller businesses, say 40 employees, 15 employees in that sort of space. How do you as a manager, leader, company owner, help people decide if they should go a management path because uh, I see a lot of managers, you know, I think of this as being a male issue in specific, like they see their younger employees as being reflections of themselves. And, you know, well, you should come up through and you know, do the same path that I did and you know, kind of project that on to them. I think an individual can only figure that out for themselves. And it just takes some some thought. I, I mean, was it, say it takes the exact some time. opposite of that. I want to hear your perspective because I was going to say the exact opposite. I think it has to be the manager that helps guide the individual. Go, I mean, go ahead and explain why. Well, cause, I'm I mean, because I mean, you have to know yourself what you want. I mean, you have to, what do you like? I mean, it's right. the same thing about a career. If everybody in your family is an attorney, so you have to become an attorney because that's what everybody does, then you haven't really thought about it. It was a decision that was kind of made for you. And I think you have to look at your own skills. You have to look at what will my days be like? If I am in a leadership position, what will I be doing in the position? And would I like that? Because I knew someone who was going to get their MBA in order to move up the ranks. And when they got to the accounting and those economics classes that you have to take, mm-hmm. was just absolutely miserable in those mm-hmm. classes. And we finally said, why would you continue on a path that will get you a degree <laughs> to do something you hate? Right. I mean, maybe you just don't want to advance in that organization if that's what it requires. But here's the issue with the individual really knowing what they want. First of all, you don't enter as a manager. You don't graduate and get hired as a leader without at least kind of working your way up the ranks a little bit. It would be a mistake to bring somebody in with no experience to manage a team. So you're brought in And maybe you're brought in with the goal of becoming a leader, becoming a manager, and that's where you would know that that's what you want to do. But I think most people have a career or a job that they get, and they work, and they're good at it, and then it's presented to them, this promotion. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, this, or there's an opening, or, you know, somehow. But you say, the individual has to ask themselves, would I enjoy doing this? Would I... But do they really, does the individual really know what it's going to be like without guidance from their supervisor saying, these are things that you need to consider. This is what it's like, or... Well, one, I think that more often there are people who need to manage their own trajectory. I don't think that there are very many companies that are saying, hey, I'd like to give you this promotion. I think when the person brings it up, they're more than happy to talk about it, but they're busy doing their job. I think in, in maybe really great organizations that's happening, but I think more often than not, People are just going along, doing their jobs. I, I, I can, I mean, I think, I'm thinking anecdotally as opposed to data-driven, but I mean, I see so many situations where maybe somebody's been an assistant director of this or that, and then the director position moves, and then they get promoted up into that yeah. director, yep. and it just it just kind of flows, almost like nobody's really thought through it. Right. Uh, you know, whether, whether it's the leadership of the company or the individual, it's basically it's easier just to promote this person up into that position. Well, or you get a couple of different people that are saying, hey, so-and-so's leaving. Who do you think's going to take over as... But I don't think that that is the thoughtful approach. I don't think that's the person going for themselves saying, what do I want? You're right. But I think that's more typical than not. Mm -hmm. So my question is, how do we help individuals or companies break out of that cycle? I mean, what what is it that's needed? Well, I think there's two things then. One, I think the onus is on the individual to have the self-confidence and the knowledge of their own skills to be able to advocate for themselves. That's one thing. 
Yeah. And that's just your own personal development that you undertake as a human being in your effort to, for self-actualization. But I do mean, people know how to do that? Well, that's why they're coaches. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. Honestly. So you're saying point, yeah, the employee should take it upon themselves to get the proper coaching in order to be able to manage well, their career. I think if anybody who has any desire to improve themselves in any way, there are a lot of ways to do that. Right. I mean, you can get a book from the bookstore. Sure. You can do some online training. You can take a course. You can go to night school. You can do all sorts of things. It's the curiosity about what could I do next or what could I do right. better? Hopefully people have that. Not everybody does, but it's learning about what makes you tick. Mm -hmm. I think it's fascinating. Right. So I do a lot of that. And Me I too. facetiously said a coach, there's a lot of different ways that a person can learn about themselves, but that's a part of it. And it's also part of an organization to have a path for people to grow. Right, right. A little bit on both sides. I was going to say, to your point, it's actually kind of sad. Audible now keeps recommending self-improvement books for me. <laughs> yeah. You seem to like these. Yeah. How about there this you go. one? There you I, go. I was looking at it. I was like, maybe I need to slow down on these a little bit. It, to me, it's, it's fascinating stuff. If you it get is. one little tip out of a book, it's worth it. It is. It's always good to learn. But then the other side of that is the a little bit of the company's responsibility. I mean, it's not just the employee that suffers if they end up in the wrong position. If somebody is promoted into management and they were happier with technical and they're not good in leadership position, obviously anytime you promote someone to management, there should be training that comes along with it. If they didn't enter as like they were a manager for another company and now they're coming to manage for your company, if they're promoted to management, there has to be some kind of recognition from the company, from the organization that says, you can accept this position, but we need to give you some sort of leadership training or some sort of management training. So, I mean, you're saying that like that's obvious, and yes, it's obvious, but oh, it never so happens. Yeah, don't right. Do it. Right. Well, and the other thing is that the hierarchy, it's the CEO should be checking in with the rest of the C-suite who are checking in with all the VPs who are checking in with all the right. directors. And if everybody has learned those leadership and management skills from the top down, then it's happening. And you have people who are insightful, curious, skilled leaders who help draw that. I mean, they're part of the source of people learning about themselves because they have someone from the outside who's sort of mentoring and leading them. So, in, so what, in, I, at least in what I hear you saying, though, then, is at the end of the day, it's the responsibility of the president, CEO, or chief executive of whatever sort of I company. think absolutely it starts at the very top. I mean, if they're unwilling to consider improving their own leadership skills, that's going to be trouble all the way down, yeah, I, all the way down. Well, and that often, that often is, yeah, it is, is a problem. Absolutely. I wrote a blog post recently that said, the higher you are on the org chart, the less you know about yourself. Hmm. Because people won't tell you. Yeah. People won't tell you things because it, the stakes are too high. So I said, if you're not getting any professional development insight from other people, you desperately need it. Well, I think professional development, though, does need to be a part of something that is available to everyone because, like, for example, yes. we flowed right into going from technician to management. But I do think that companies do need to offer options to employees for staying on the technical side. There's got to be an alternative. You've got to be able to continue with your career without going into management. Well, and think so there about has it. to be some kind of path presented well, to you. You started on an administrative track. And you maybe you want to be, at the top of your career, you want to be the executive's assistant. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. That is a skill set that not everybody has. It's vital to an organization right. 
so that the people that they're working for can focus on the things that they do best so that the administrative assistant can do the things that that person does best. And there's, there's no one that should be looking down upon someone who wants to stay in the administrative position for their entire life. It's well, a skill. In the previous session, we were talking about the yearly review, and it seems that those have faded out now, Right. but they haven't been replaced with anything. Because people don't like having what they deem to be a, a critical. Difficult, difficult conversations, but the conversations don't have to be well, difficult. It's how people a, are thinking about it. It requires but, a degree of discipline and planning. To, and and uh, then on to, the employee side, way. it's yeah. it's almost like going to the principal's office, and you're just afraid. And yeah, but I'm not I'm not necessarily talking about performance reviews. I am talking about but, career development. Well, and actual, I know, but that's know, what I'm saying is maybe those performance reviews need to be include career development. Maybe or shift into career development. Hey, Mary, you're doing great at here. We want to help you grow. How can we help you do that? And maybe what would growth look like to you? Yes. Yes. I mean, because what I really like, what I really like, is to do even better at this job. I really enjoy this job, and for now, I want to stay here. I really like this. I think I'm a good contributor, a solid contributor. And then how? Then so the leader needs to ask, "What do you want?" And if they say, "Well, you know, I don't really know," well, I say, "Well, you know what? Here's a few ways that you might be able to think about that. Here's some questions you can ask yourself. Let's talk again in a month." But then the employee needs also the opportunity to have that conversation yes. and then the comfort to say, well, I'm thinking this, or how can I better do it? I actually have a story, and I don't know, this may get cut. I don't know if I want to actually include this, but it is very much to that point. One of my first full-time jobs was at Washington University. I was a systems programmer, and I'd been there for a couple of years, and I really liked being technical. And the director of the department called me into his office one day and he said, hey, I just wanted to talk with you. You're doing a really great job. We really love having you here. What's next for you? You know, you've been a systems programmer, a senior systems programmer. What interest do you have? I want to talk about your career development. And I said, you know what? I appreciate the conversation, but right now I'm just really enjoying what I'm doing. So I'd like to stick with it. Did it for another year and then hit the ceiling. And I was like, okay, enough. So I went back into his office because he had initiated the previous conversation. And it was actually very awkward. It had a good ending, but it was a very awkward conversation. I said, do you remember when you asked me about where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do? And he said, yeah. And I said, I'm ready for a change. And he said, okay, what would you like to do? And I said, I don't know. Can you like read me a list of job openings that you've got? And I'll see if any of them sound good. And he actually laughed at me. When I said that, he chuckled. But I didn't know how to answer that question. I'm like, well, how would I know what I want to do? I don't know what's available. I don't know what you're looking for. And he actually came up with a good answer. He said, I'll tell you what, we work with a consulting firm around the corner that will actually do some testing and help you determine what you want to do and what you're good at. And then we'll review it with them and try to find you something based on that. And that actually worked out quite well. But as an employee, it was a very awkward conversation being asked, what do you want to do? Because within an organization, how do I know what opportunities are available? And see, and my thought is that's part of being in an organization is kind of keeping your ears open and your eyes open as you talk to other people. Well, what are they doing? Oh, that sounds like that'd be interesting. So it's having some interaction with other people yeah. other than just doing your job that kind of says, oh, that sounds interesting. And so even if there would have been, well, this is what I'm getting tired of. And here's something that I think would be interesting. I don't know if there's an opportunity to do that, but this is something I think would be fulfilling. Maybe then asking what kind of jobs might include that? Because 
for him to say, which job do you want, it would be weird. <laughs> but also to say, well, I don't have any idea. You tell me. I mean, it, needs, it really needs to be a conversation. Neither one of us knew what we were yeah, doing. Yeah. We, we both wanted to have the conversation. We didn't know how to have it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Does anybody have a horror story having to do with maybe somebody who made the wrong choice? I, I worked in an organization where salespeople were kind of, I mean, they were, they were the big deals. I mean, they were out selling. And the people who did a really, really, really good job at sales and hit their peaks, they hit their caps, were brought inside to manage other salespeople. And for some of them, it worked out just fine. But for a lot of them, they hated it because they were hunters. They were out there. They enjoyed the thrill of right. selling. And now they were just beating up on other people to hit their numbers. <laughs> doing the job and managing other yeah. people doing the job are two very different things. That's why it's important to check in with yourself. When you're doing a job, am I enjoying this? Is this something that I like? Is this something that I am excited about getting better at? Yeah. And that's where you have to know yourself because your boss may be looking at it from the outside and maybe you're really good at hiding it. Who knows? Or maybe they're just not paying attention because they're so busy. That's where you gotta know what you want, at least in increments. A little bit at a time, you're figuring more and more and more of it out. And I think that if you're aware of it before it's too late, you shouldn't be ashamed or afraid to turn back. Absolutely. To, to go back and say, you know what, I'm not happy with this. I really want to go back. And I think people kind of need to get past or organizations, people need to kind of change the idea that your career isn't going anywhere if you don't go into a management or leadership position. I think that goes back to what Joel was saying earlier is when you're visiting family and everybody's, mm -hmm. well, I'm this and that, and well, I'm just a, just a bill, just an ordinary <laughs> bill. <laughs> you know, and, and, and one of the other challenges. We've signed you, Bill, now you're a law. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the other challenges is going to be, there's probably gonna be a salary cap for that position. So a person's gonna not be able to continue to make a whole bunch more money because you become too expensive in that position, unless it gets more and more and more difficult right. doing that technical piece of it. But if there's a cap on that particular skill, right. and that's what they're willing to pay, then they're gonna find somebody younger and newer who's willing to work for that where the older person is gonna want more and more money. Well, and you get more into work-life balance there, you need to make a decision, is the prestige of being a manager or the higher salary worth doing something that I don't enjoy as much. Thanks for listening to Supermanager by CN Video Productions. Give us a call at 314-843-3663. That's 314-VIDEO-ME. Or visit our website at cn-video.com for additional episodes, information, or to discuss video services. 